Ready, set, go! This is the Checkpoint XP Podcast. Check out our international radio show and daily podcast at CheckpointXP.com. Here are your hosts, Nate Bender, Robbie Landis, Norris Howard, and Joe Sloan. Checkpoint Reach. Hey, welcome to the Checkpoint Podcast on the Westwood One Podcast Network. Everyone's listening. Exclusive, uncensored, and extended conversations from the nationally syndicated crew of the Checkpoint XP Show. My name is Dave Benner. I'm joined by the Checkpoint XP crew, Robbie Landis. What up? Norris Howard. What up, Joe? And Joe Sloan. Yo! So we've got an exciting announcement coming to you in just a second. We're going to do it here on the podcast because uh, what we're going to be doing is going to lead to more podcasts. Podcast discussions and episodes. So stick around. We've got an exciting announcement coming to you in just a moment. But we're going to start off with the way that we always start off the podcast with reviews with an iTunes review. Uh, real quick, I'm going to remind you guys since we didn't get an out opportunity to last week since we were out at Frostbite 2019. By the way, shout out to Alex Varga for having us out there. Thanks, Alex. It was a great time. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. We enjoyed being there. Um, but uh, we are trying to get to uh, what? What's the total number number of uh, fifty for the day? Fifty for the 50, daily. Fifty uh, iTunes reviews for the Checkpoint XP Daily Podcast, and two hundred for the podcast, and up podcast. to two hundred for the regular Checkpoint XP podcast. What are we, where are we sitting at? So right now, currently, uh, with uh, let's see here, with uh, Checkpoint XP. The regular podcast, it's taking a second to load here. We are currently sitting at a total of 136 reviews Ooh. on the main show. All right. And then for the daily show, uh, whoops, no, don't want to go to Westwood one again. I've got to change to the other one. For uh, the daily show, we are currently sitting at 20 Reviews. Oh, okay. So, so 30 to go for that 30 one. 30 to go. That's right. Uh, 30 so, and 70. But, well, 63. So I just want to say thank you guys, by the way, for all of you that have stopped by the Checkpoint XP Daily uh, podcast to leave a review. And uh, so far, this is one of my favorite reviews. I know I say this every time, but you guys <laughs> l- really do leave they have some good reviews, amazing though. reviews. And this one was particularly touching. Uh, this is from Vicious. Mm. Uh, oh no, vicious! V i c i o u s, but it's like spelled in leap. Oh no, I was about to say we should call Spike. <laughs> Not that vicious. Oh okay. Uh, but anyway, he leaves a five star review that says so good it kept me gaming. Oh, I Can started I just blow your mind. I started listening to these guys six months ago. And at the time, I was thinking of selling all my gaming stuff with some serious consideration. How dare you? After hearing these guys' enthusiasm and love for gaming and esports, it has reinvigorated my love for gaming. Listening makes me feel like a kid who's got nothing but his console and some snack foods on a Saturday afternoon. Nothing better than that. Thanks, guys. And Norris. Pull my devil trigger. Oh, <laughs> ah, yes. Oh. <sighs> Thank you, oh, Vicious. Thing. Listen, I, we, I, over the years, we've gotten some amazing feedback. We've had people tell us that listening to our show has helped them at different at difficult times in their life, whether it's waiting out a hurricane or, or going through a breakup or whatnot. Reconnecting with their children. Yes, but that one right there. That's special. Rekindling your love of gaming. Oh, that's special. Like, I, oh, my heart. You... you 
you don't really realize like some of the the ways that you know discussions that we have here reverberate when they go out and and meet that's right the general populace this is why it's important by the way for those of you in chat or those of you listening right now to share this stuff with other people yeah you never know what it can end up doing for someone and it gives you a common point of discussion because then you can go back to your friend and be like did you hear what they said on that show what idiots (laughs) or what assholes did you hear what they said on that show i think that was really smart Mm -hmm. and insightful so you know like i think that there's a lot of reasons to share this show with your friends we encourage you to do that and we encourage you to leave us some feedback let us know how we're doing great way to do that is through itunes and again thank you to vicious now speaking of group participation yes man Someone, yes. someone is having an aneurysm what? out there. No, nah, that's just Grand Theft Auto. Uh, <laughs> you know, another any, day in Detroit. Yeah, but anyway, uh, speaking of group participation, we have resolved as a collective, as a group, to come up with, and this is not the official name, we will drop the official name very soon, the Checkpoint Game Club. Yes. Oh, I thought that was the official name. No, that name sucks. <laughs> I don't know oh, that we can like come up with name. a better one. Of course we can. Okay. But okay. here is the Checkpoint Game Club. Once a month, we will all collectively commit to playing a game. Yes. A all game four of us. that all four of us perhaps have not played before. It won't... Always Maybe we have wouldn't have played new. it otherwise. Maybe, yeah. We could be new, could played. be old, could exactly. be whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And we want you guys to play that game along with us. So we're going to be, in the, much in the same way that a book club does. Yeah, you meet once the, a month. In the next 30 days, all of us will who are a part of the club will say, yes, we are going to commit to playing said game. And then at the end of the 30 days, we're going to have a nice big discussion about it here on the podcast. And... We've gotten our our corporate overlords to allow us to open up the phone lines and let you guys have discussions about said game with us here on the show. That is right. So at the end of the month, whatever game that was in the Gamers Club, you guys will call in, have that discussion with us, agree, disagree, talking about some of the finer points, or maybe, I don't know, to wax poetically about how much you ended up loving or hating it. Yeah, absolutely. And like we say, it does not have to be a new title. Uh, we are looking more at games that we can all easily get access accessible, to. Yes, we don't want things where you're going to have to go out. Okay, guys, next week we're playing Mother 3. Good luck. Right. Like, um, no. no. So, we're, no, we're going to, we're looking for games that are easy to access, but that maybe things that. Because we don't want to just like, like, huh, what if we all played League of Legends this week? Like, yeah, no, no. No, that's, that's difficult. We're, we're something gonna, that's also finite, that has like a beginning, right. middle, and an end, Something right? we can all play that we, something we normally, we want to expand our horizons a little bit. That is the idea of doing like a book club right, or a yeah, movie right, club, right. It's to expand your horizons a little bit. Yep. So that's going to be our goal. And with that said, we have selected our first game. We have. Stank Buddha in the chat uh, has already suggested, listen, Undertale's got to be the first one, which is appropriate. Listen, that's appropriate. You gave us all copies of Undertale At some point, we will do Undertale, I promise. Undertale is in there. What if we've all beaten Undertale by then? Okay, I'm not worried about that at all, (laughs) since none of you have started it. 
But you said it would take six, just six hours. You can finish it, but they still won't you have. You said it would take six hours to beat. They're going to finish it just to spite you. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I doubt it. Um, Omega Waltall says, let's play Panzer Dragoon Saga. It's do only $500. Do you have Sega Saturns to give to everybody? It's only $500 on eBay, and there's seven of them in the world. <laughs> we, yeah. we have Fuck decided on a game, though. It's a game that at one point or another, we all have said that we should check out. Yep, it was uh, a darling that. indie game of last year, Celeste. Yes, Celeste is right. going to be the first official Checkpoint Gamers Club collective game to play. So whatever ever. platform you can play it on, whether it's a console, handheld, PC, whatever, play it in the next 30 days because today's March 1st. So last week in March, we will come back and we'll have a discussion about uh, Celeste. And here's the thing is that, you know, with with more of you joining the book club, we're going to be opening up the suggestions on what we should play to you guys as well. So it's it, this is, you know, interactive in a way that is much more long term. Yes. But we know that, you know, we have some very dedicated fans, some very engaged fans, and we want to, you know, we want to be able to engage with you as well. So yeah. Uh, we think that this is a really good way to do that. And with that said, I just want to make sure that you guys can get Celeste. It is on literally every platform imaginable. The shit is even on Linux. Okay? <laughs> so Jeez. you can you can get it on all your major consoles. It is on the Switch. I'll probably be getting it on the Switch. I'm getting it on um, the Switch for so sure. So definitely Celeste is going to be the first game of the Checkpoint Gamers Club. We will all play it. And at the end of this month, we will have our big game club wrap up where you guys will be able to call in and participate in the discussion. As you right. said, that you said it's on Linux. It is. All right, Martin. It's on Linux, so you can play it. There, the, the one only people guy. I've ever known who, pl- who use Linux are named Martin. Really? Yeah. Well, we also want to take a moment to uh, tell you about a new show that we've got coming to the Checkpoint XP family of shows. Just mm-hmm. debuted. I guess yes. yesterday when you listen to this. That's right. Uh, so not my player two. Not your player not two. Not your player two. Pronouns are player confusing. Twos. Whatever. Nah, it's, you're right, Nate. Not, it's not a your, player two. It's not your player two. That's right. It's not my player two. You man. That's right. <laughs> it, is a, it is a... I had to dig real deep for that one. <laughs> yeah, right. it, is. it is a weekly podcast uh, featuring two of the Checkpoint family. Uh, Sarah Scopic, who does our news segments and yep. is also the voice of the people. Yep. As well as uh, Christine. Super producer. Super producer Christine, a.k.a. The, the glue that holds Checkpoint together. Yeah, that's right. Seriously. They that's have right. Team Teamed up to do a weekly podcast uh, bringing a feminine perspective. That's right. Sans to the world penises. of gaming. Yes. Sans penis eye? No penis. Peni. Penis. No penis. 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 It's penises. No penis. Plural of penis is penis. Sans sausages. How about that, guys? Sans sausages. <laughs> I like this. Is getting very Undertale esque. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, if, uh, if if that sounds like something you'd want to check out, we highly recommend it. They just did their first episode. It yes. sounded great. We're yes. very proud of them, uh, and we're looking forward to more great episodes. Absolutely. CheckpointXP.com to subscribe to uh, the podcast and all the podcasts that we offer here through Checkpoint XP. Uh, again, that's all over at CheckpointXP.com. All right. Let's talk about 
getting old. All right. Yep. So uh, this is actually a uh, an editorial that I had found uh, from, and, and forgive me if I'm pronouncing this name of this website. Is it Ars Technica? Is Ars that te- right? It is Ars, Ars Technica. Technica. Yeah. Very so well. uh, uh, came from Ars Technica, and it was basically the, uh, the aging gamer. Uh, and this guy kind of, you know, was so Nate. <laughs> he pretty much, pretty much was. You know what? Fuck you. <laughs> was kind of wondering why, you know, after having loved gaming as a kid and growing up with it as a hobby, and, and technically actually still loving it, just wondering why am I playing less and less and less because you got shit to do i mean that is that is part of it sure i mean when when you think about the usual adult you know you have kids you have a job that you have to do you just have less time to do it but he also talks about not even really enjoying games as much and i thought that we also might have an interesting take on it because we all get to play games as our job none of us have kids we don't have to worry about that but as i'm reading through this there are actually certain things that i can kind of relate to in it i I mean talking about first of all the obvious one is is you all have a job that you have to work right yeah but it is more than that it's not you know it used to be you went to school and when you came home, you did whatever you want. But now it's literally like, okay, well, I get home and I have to take out the trash. I have to get dinner on the table. I have laundry to do. I My bathroom's a mess. Dude, but not even that. Most people's jobs nowadays bleed over into their personal that's, that's life fair as yeah. well. so much. It's true. The concept of nine to five where you clock in, clock out, and work's over is done. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. jo- that era is over. Uh, unless you work like at the plant. You know, you know, it's, you're 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 answering emails exactly because yeah. I, I went through that in and as it was kind of happening in real time when you know uh, the late I would say the late 2000s where it became official like texting was now basically included on all plans mm-hmm. and almost everyone started getting a smartphone you know late 2000s early 2010s I was working at that time when that transition kind of happened over and I I remember thinking vividly like. Hey, wait, when did it become okay for my boss to, to text, text me you. at 9 o'clock? <laughs> yeah. When and did guess that what? become okay? And now it just is. Your boss texts you at 9 o'clock, you just text him it, back. It's well, beyond that. If you don't reply, you can get in trouble at a lot yep. of jobs. Yep. Like, that, like, like hey, ridiculous. I was trying to see if you could work a shift tomorrow. Where the hell were you? I'm like, I in bed. <laughs> uh, yeah, it doesn't matter where I was. Uh, not where... Not you, on the clock. Yeah, not it's where, not on the yeah, clock. Not yeah, on yeah. the clock. And, and I mean, and I, like, listen, I, 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 I think that there's a certain... Uh, there's a certain pay scale that justifies that too. Like if you're oh, not yeah. paying me enough to 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 be invested in off hours, I'm not gonna be. Well, and there's no like if the, you the, if you well, are if you're a salary worker, yeah, you're you're there is no clock for you. Right, right. Uh, yeah, once you're yeah, that and that's so true. Once you're salaried, you're yeah. That's so true. that's you don't have that's hours. a big factor, I think, into why people. As they get older, have less because, time. Sure, because sure. they're allocating older, less time for yeah. it. You know, I mean, it's weird because it, it, video games go from kind of something that you do when you have downtime to now something that you have to make time for. Well, yeah. well one of the other things, too, that, that the article mentioned, like as we get older and we become adults, you know, where we spend our free time, we want to make sure that we're getting some type of uh, uh, reward out of it. You know, when you sit down and you play games, there's nothing, there's nothing afterwards that you can say, look, this is what I got. You know, if you work out, you're staying in shape. Even if you're gardening, right? You're getting like food or something. Or you grow flowers. Exactly. Look at right, right. But you're right. It is. It is kind of like that mental transition you make as you leave high school and go into college. And I mean, a lot of people don't even work in college. But when you start working and getting a paycheck, and you start, you're like your mind transitions to like that. Like, oh, I put in effort. I received this tangible Mm -hmm, thing. mm -hmm. It can be harder to look at video games and say like, I put in effort. What is my tangible reward? Well, and, and right. for me, that's why uh, I I think 
my love for gaming probably won't go anywhere because I have a love of reading and reading is the same thing where a lot of people sit down with a book and they go, well, what do I get out of it? And most people will say, I don't know, knowledge, empathy. I don't know. But for me, reading comprehension. Yeah. But for me, gaming's the same thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. you get you get some sort of experience or a perspective you would have never thought of before out of it as I'm I, I actually have found that I enjoy narrative games even more mm-hmm. oh, now definitely. that I'm older. Mm-hmm. You know, the, I think the, the biggest takeaway that I had, or, or sort of the trend that, that I saw, and I know that Nate's going to be able to relate to this here, is nowadays there is no shortage of games to you to play. Like, the variety of games out there is as sure. wide as it has ever been. Oh, no, it, it's way wider than it's way ever been. Wider. Like, we can't, don't pretend that the amount of games that came out in the 90s is even comparable oh, no. No, to no, what no. comes out yeah. today. No way, but, but here's the thing, and, and again, Nate, I know that this is something you've been doing, I've been spending more of my time playing older games, like playing through the Mass sure. Effect series right now. You've been playing through the Fallout series, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. when I look at all of them... Well, the, I mean, it, it is a little bit different. I have not played through the Fallout fair. games, although I thought I fair. had so at one point. So okay. right. sure. it's not a nostalgia thing. It's not a nostalgia thing. It's more like... Because like, I, I legitimately found Fallout 76, got into Fallout 76. But even before that, you were doing the same thing with the Pokemon games, right? Yes. What was, what was the last like big, new triple-A game that you played? Well, it's... I mean, because like it started... It's... Cause it starts with like the newer game, right? Like you play I play God of War. Well, hang on, hang on. Uh, uh, you know, for hey, your hey, for your hey, analogy hey. on Pokemon, uh-huh. it yeah. started with Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. I think it was Omega Ruby that mm-hmm. I had. I was gifted. Uh, uh, my weed dealer had given it to me <laughs> for Christmas because I have a weird relationship with my weed dealer. Right. He's a really he gives great you guy. Pokemon games. He's a, yes, and he we, he comes over and we argue about Pokemon, and it's awesome, and I love it. It's fair. Um, but so you didn't buy that though. You were given it. Uh, yes, I was given it, and and I and I I like didn't play it for like a while, a while, yeah. and I started feeling guilty about like, man, I should go back, I should play this, I, I really should play, play it, it or give it back. Yeah, it, yes, and uh, mm. and I started playing it, and I really liked what I found, but it was overwhelming. Mm. So I was like, I gotta, I kind of gotta like pare down some of these mechanic things and go back. So I went back so and get I played. The context. Yeah, like I went, I, I didn't go all the way back, like but like gold and silver would be heart gold, right? Heart gold is yeah. where I went back to. Yeah, and and that was a perfect entry for me to the series and so yeah for a long time i was working up through hard gold and then i did uh uh diamond and then black and white black white two um to my point though what was the last like because i i have god of war i have spider-man i got red dead redemption I didn't finish any of those, but I have no problem sinking in and refinishing all the Mass Effect games. But, so my question you know to you what is, this is, what was besides going through all these Pokemon games and all the all the all the sure. Fallout games? When was the last time that either of us actually put time into and, and bought or finished one of the new? You know, triple A games that's out there. A I'm, super new game. I think it was Metal Gear Solid Five. See, that was a while. So that was a while years ago. ago. That was a while. But for me, it was Spider Man. Like I, I, but I totally get what you're getting at because, like, I, I'm dealing with the same thing too. Because not only is it going back for you, it's replaying Mass mm-hmm. Effect, but I had never played them. So I like I've heard you talk about them. I'm like, okay, I'd I like to play. Well, each of those is a twenty to forty hour commitment. Mm-hmm. Sure, that's a lot of time it takes sure. to get through that series. Uh, you've got people who are you know just now getting into like like think about like people who, who just now get into like Fire Emblem or Dragon Quest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Well, people you're not have a hard play that. time. Well, you could, but you could be going back and playing a bunch of old games. Uh, I, well, and I think that that's a very real possibility, considering how how much of a difference in sales there is between the Switch and the last four yeah. Nintendo consoles. So, so Sarah, right now is trying her damnedest to get me to play through all the Phoenix Wright games. Okay. That's like seven That's games, seven game. yeah. and I'm midway through the third one right now, and it's like I've got a lot of other games to play. If I actually invested that much time to play all seven or whatever Phoenix Wright games it right. is, how many more AAA titles do I miss out on at launch? Well, Robbie, to your point, is is it's for the same reason where you, you ever have like your parents or an older sibling or an uncle where the music they listen to is stuck. In some era, they may oh, give no. the newer stuff to, you know, some. Mm-hmm. They may try it a little bit, have a couple little jams that they rock with, but they got their artists that they rock with right there, and that's their core. That's You're what's comfortable that for them. Robbie's Mass Effect fixation is my dad listening to John Bon Jovi on repeat. Yes, uh, it is the gaming I, equivalent of that. Well, I I, I do see gaming. It. Interest, I, interesting. Gaming, interesting. Not, no, 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 this is an interesting no, perspective. I get Robbie, the metaphor. Let me my point. I get the metaphor. Okay. All right, but there's something else there too, because something that this that this this uh, uh, article uh, touches on. There's actually studies relating to this. Is that as we grow uh, uh, or as we get older, our motivations also change. What we expect comes from a game, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And we know that gaming, even though yes, we're all growing up with it, sure, that it's obviously still catering more towards a younger audience, right? Yeah. That's why we see you know uh, 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 Fortnite Apex is so popular right now is because the competitive edge in games, that competitive aspect, is something that the younger crowd is more interested in. And as you get older. Older studies have shown that, like gamers in their thirties and forties, they don't care about but the here's competitive the, edge. No, but here's the point, though, because that is cyclical. Because when games were at the arcades, the competitive aspect was a part of what the sure. industry was built on. Sure, the fact of getting the high score, beating not just yourself but everybody else. Right. So then we went through a long period of what's your main motivation? Story. Narrative, that kind of stuff. It's RPGs blew up in the 90s, and we grew up in the 90s, so that's our expectation mm-hmm. for video games. Right. Now that we're in the Battle Royale era where story is thrown to the wind and nobody gives a shit about the universe, you find it difficult to connect. Well, I, I, so your expectations for the game, it's exactly the same as what Joe said. Your, 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 your folks get stuck in the era where there's a certain type of medium that they fuck with and they fuck with heavy. And the same thing is going to happen for video games. It's just that video games hadn't been old enough for that to happen. So, yet. so, uh, and, and I've, I think I've, uh, it's, that's a, a very interesting insight. And so I think at some point we could start to see the audience fragment. We don't see it a lot right now. I mean, we see it a little bit around certain genres, but I'm saying it'll crack in half where you've got old people gamers and young people gamers and games that are made for each of those different yes. audiences. Sure. Yes. Sure. And and I think, you know, when you hear old people games, like that's oh, that's so it's, it hurts ugh. to hear it. It hurts, it? but, but guess what, no, it hurts, but guess what the fuck Octopath is? That's yes, a fucking old people game. That's exactly <laughs> it. Hold on, I, I have a few exactly I, a, a few statistics for you really quick. Uh, uh so there is a study that the ESA did that reports that 48% of Adults over the age of fifty play video games. Yeah, what percentage is that? Half, forty-eight uh, percent. Half of adults over the age of fifty play video games. Yeah. Now, eighty okay. percent of this number plays at least once a week. That's my dad. Forty-five play every day. That's my grandparents right there. But only ten percent of all of those 
consider themselves gamers. Right. My grandparents wouldn't consider themselves gamers. They but play they're like, playing mobile like games. Candy Crush yeah, and shit like that. That's a game. Right. Still a game though. Yeah. Right. But my well, dad, but the stuff my dad is playing, he's not going out and playing Apex Legends. Right. My dad is playing Streets of Race for the eighteenth billionth time. But, but right. that's the difference is 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 you know, your dad, our our generation and those just a little bit above us, we will age and still call ourselves gamers. We yes. won't. That is not a title that we will. It, well, because as that's we that's a self identity that we've built as we've aged, yeah. right? Yes. Like Gen X didn't build the the gamer identity. Uh, millennials, the millennials built, generation, the, did, the, yeah. the, the millennials absolutely yeah. built the the gamer and identity. the culture around. It. Yeah, absolutely. Like Gen X pinned their their cultural flashpoints around music. Yep, and we have. Uh, used other forms of media, yeah. film and video games. It, it seems to be mostly film, video games, yeah. comic books too. Comic, comic books, books yeah. are big in there as comic well, uh, which is the '90s explosion. Of which comic is books, yeah. made very clear to me every time on my Twitter timeline the whole fucking comics gate comes up. Yeah, uh, how how much of a culture war is existing at the heart of comic books as much as there was uh, around video games. And and I, I, I first of all I find that fascinating, but uh, at the same time, I think that it, it ends up creating this really interesting dichotomy where, yes, like video games have always been kind of a very youth oriented uh, uh, medium. And now that you have those of us that are aging and still calling ourselves and identifying as gamers and still wanting for products that appeal to us and our sensibilities, mm -hmm. I do think at some point that we are going to see, you know, like that industry. Yeah, no, it's like, like the industry will notice that and target it and start realizing that like, older style mechanics that may be passe because technology facilitates more interesting battle animations yeah, or whatever. There's a market out there that we that can target that isn't interested but in it's Fortnite like, games. But it's right. like the same reason why the Rolling Stones can still go on tour and all types of crazy shit, right? Because there's a whole lot of people that still like the Rolling Stones. That grew up with the of, Rolling Stones, yeah. Of many generations, by the way, because there will be some of the newer generations that fuck with older games. Oh, yeah. But but that overlap from older people to newer games is a lot more difficult. It is a lot more difficult to get my dad to listen to Migos than it is to get him to listen to Nas. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So well, it, it's, it's way it's way harder to get him to listen to something that you'd listen to versus you listening to something he would. No, but that's the yeah exactly exactly because yeah. way I easier to, to go older. Well, but, older. The, but at the same time though, at the same time, like dude, when I think about my parents' music. There was a certain, uh, 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 like, homogenous, like, way that music was being made. And yeah. so you didn't, like, those people that were doing more experimental type of music, you don't have that much exposure to them because those those records didn't really it was like survive. They, they, were, they were harder to find. They were yeah. harder to buy. And the people who were interested in them were harder to find. But now with with... You know what the internet does with media. Everyone is exposed to everything, but, but so the, our our tastes are much much more eclectic. Yeah, and I and I wonder, you know, when when you know generations, uh, uh, you know, from now look back on our generation, what the, if the, if it's going to seem very chaotic will, and and will we be a generation or, where like 
Like, like every generation has had their identity, and ours was just borrowed from all over the place. Kind of, yeah. The internet. Well, but I mean, but that, I, we're we're kind of the remix generation. But they, like, but, I mean, everything. Like, like think of how, like, dude. I mean, honestly, think about how much remixing plays a huge psychological factor in everything that we do. Whether, but I whether think it's that's, let's play parody or music. But I think fuck that's, that. I don't. Want, build, I don't want to hear. Build. I don't want to hear the original track. I just want to hear the remix. But I think that that's a. I think that is lacking in context of of generation. Generations before us, because when you look at like the free love generation, that was an amalgamation of a whole bunch of different culture clashes that was happening at the same time. People wearing buckskin and fringe. There were no Native Americans around for everybody yeah, to right. be rocking buckskin well, and no, fringe but, uh, like that. Uh, right. But, but, so, but but to my point is is that. I, I get what you're saying about how our culture would be is is so fragmented, but at the same time, there are still certain artists, especially in music, that resonate with certain people because they harken back to the older times. Right. Like you have artists like Joey Badass who does '90s era New York rap. Right. He would not exist ten years ago. Or 20 years ago, because there would be enough artists still around doing that. Right. But he resonates with people our age because we were around when that was the norm. Well, and I, the I, same thing will happen to gaming. I mean, I just I think it's I think it's interesting to say that, like, we would have an easier time getting into our parents music. Obviously, none of us grew up with parents who had uh, uh, who were big fans of like John Coltrane or Moondog or fucking. I had a, I had a parent who was in Coltrane. Well, but I mean, like you put on that fucking twenty eight minute Coltrane one sided album and it's like for like 40 fucking minutes and you're like what the fuck is this it's like brilliant (laughs) but but the first time you hear it if all you've been exposed to ever is metered time and and structured melody and all of these different things to music it is it is fucking mind-blowing like the first time i heard moondog Mm -hmm. it, it was just i'd never heard anything like it and i think that you know like I had a hard time getting into some of my parents' music because my parents had some really eclectic tastes. So I don't know that that's true because we have to take in the full, we have to take into account the full breadth of the culture at the time and how much that gets kind of pared down to only sort of the few, cream of the a crop. Few the great yeah. hits. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. But the, but the 90s is, is the same. Do you know how many weird and middle of the road games came out in the 90s? And yet when you talk about the 90s, you think about Street Fighter, Final Fantasy, and maybe three Goldeneye. or Goldeneye, three or four other games, the Mario series, that in the Zelda series, you really only boil down to about ten series. No, no but, one but talks it, about combat cars. But exactly. here's the difference. Here's the difference, though, is that our parents' generation, if they wanted to get into something weird or offbeat from their parents' generation, they had to find it in a dusty trunk yeah, in the basement, really yeah, uh, or fair. like dig it out of a fucking record store collection, right, just, or a museum. Buy it on Steam, right? This and and this is where video games are inherently different. Being digital products is that it is so much harder for that digital product to go completely extinct and to never have context for it. Our weird we eclectic shit will still be available twenty years right, from now. Like, th- mm-hmm. like no one, no one will ever forget Kid Icarus. Find that shit in a dusty box in a basement and go, "Holy shit, guys! Do you guys remember Kid Icarus?" And get Nintendo to make a remake, like. The shit came back around after 10 years because everyone still remembered Kid, Kid Icarus and mm-hmm. everyone went, oh, 
oh shit, what happened to Kid Icarus? We should make another game. Right, Smash Bros. So kept happening. That, exactly. Mm-hmm. So the, it, our, our, our ability to forget things or for them to fall out of memory is much more difficult. Remember, Fallout was kind of like a, a very niche PC game until Bethesda got their mitts on it, right? Yeah. Like, it wasn't like this big mainstream success. It was like, An oh, hey, do you remember that weird survival thing? Yeah, do you remember yeah. that weird game that had super mutants? And they were just like, like take the apocalypse and put it in Elder Scrolls. Pretty much, yeah. And and so, like, the ability for us to, to forget things and to allow them to be passe is, I think, much more difficult. I find that interesting, the, too. Go the, ahead. Yeah, the, the, the fact that going forward, no one's ever going to forget Bubsy existed, to me, is just really special. <laughs> it's beautiful, but at the same time, we had Fuck a conversation. <laughs> like, as much as we want to, we will we never, never, we'll never we won't We will never be no. able to forget that Postal 2 is a thing. Yeah, but the point is, is that I remember when we were talking about, like, video game museums and stuff, and I was saying, like, that will kill nostalgia. And if... Digital good. What you're talking about is digital goods. The same thing will happen, right? Because how can you be nostalgic about something that, that you never can, went away? That never went away. No, no, no. That's true. Well, and and I think in that regard, like video game museums have a much more difficult challenge than just to present something with me, present someone with media they simply forgot about, right? Yeah. Like a lot. That's what a lot of museums are. Hey, re- remember this? Oh yeah, that's a thing. That's what a fucking museum well, is. It's like, yeah, like but, like Toe but, Jam and Earl has a, just had a new game come out. Right, exactly. Like perfect. That's a perfect example. No one thought about but, that in twenty five years. So if I was if I was a museum curator, and I was tasked with putting together an exhibit about a video game, what I would do is I would find a game, any game at various stages in development and show it at the various stages in development because that's the only like that's the only real like I I, I feel like people don't get exposed to that part of it about how a game is a evolving piece of code Mm. until you solidify or well it used to be until you you, wrote the disc at the end right you 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 might not be able to take you know halo one and like because people are gonna be like yeah i know halo but you could show destiny day one launch versus destiny two years down the line when people were pretty happy with it 76 day one launch versus two years down the line that's what's gonna be what creates nostalgia because i mean without that i mean joe both you and i are playing on the Somi server yeah, right now. Yeah, we're playing in 2005 FF11. Exactly. So, for- <laughs> nostalgia. <laughs> nostalgia. That's the only reason. But that's the thing is that that's a huge motivator and I think when you talk about getting older and aging as a gamer that's really the biggest thing the biggest motivator that's that's playing on you because you want to play a game that made you feel the way something else did in the past sure that's the whole that's the whole reason why you keep playing certain genres right the reason why you love rpgs is because at some point you played one and it made you feel like no other game you want every game to recreate that feeling for you so i, I think for as long as gamers have a context for something that they can't necessarily go back and do you will see that market for older gamers how how many experiences are like that though i feel like because like even once we've had an experience in a game any other game that subsequently tries to copy that experience gets criticized yeah I, i'm trying to think of like how many times have i come out of a game with like a 
that fundamentally changed my opinion of gaming. The yeah. last How many time times I, have I had that? I've I've maybe experienced that six times. Well, because total. And, and, yeah, and, I can and, count on my hand. Yeah, like and but in the same way that. Not every film is supposed to make you have an epiphany. Not every game is supposed to make you have an epiphany. That's right. There are, there are just games. That's that can, fine, by the way. And that's fine. There are games that can just be good and yeah. satisfying and just fun on a visceral But they're life changing for somebody. Right. Like, that's the thing is that, you know, you, you, you want it to exist because it's life changing for somebody. And, you know, Joe, you were saying like you could count on your hand how many times yeah. you had that kind of experience. I think that is a very powerful that's a very powerful tool for as Robbie was saying to create a market for people who are older who want those sort of similar feelings again right well, people, so, that's people, what I'm trying to get the, it's like Undertale and Life is Strange both fundamentally change the way I view stories and games mm-hmm. so but in today's point any game that tries to kind of copy what they did is going to get criticized for it but someone is going to have not played Life is Strange and Undertale right. and that will be their first context for that sort of mm-hmm. thing right. it is still important not every game it's one of the oldest sayings in the world. Every great story has already been told. Sure. It's that's what true. do you do with it and how do you change it? Sure. But it's okay to just make something that's fundamentally satisfying, even if it's not a completely original Mo- idea. That's most fine. of the most, or, or out of all the games recently, like new games that I've enjoyed, haven't tried to do anything new or tried to be innovative. Uh, uh, for example, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Really good sandbox. But well, there's nothing new there's about nothing it. There's nothing new about but that. But it's a great even, game. Even robot dinosaurs. Like Spider-Man. There's nothing new about Spider-Man, but it's a great game. Yeah, that's yeah. just Batman it's a Arkham Asylum with a, with a full city. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, a, it's a sandbox beat-em-up. That's yeah. all it is. Yep. But it's great. Yeah. And 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 that's, that's I think, really, you know, uh, sort of the, the kind of important thing about that is... You know, yeah, like games don't have to be great. We don't always have to necessarily be chasing that amazing experience. Yeah. Like I felt like like the first time I ever played Legend of Dragoon, it made me think about games differently. Right. And but I've never been of- able to go through Legend of Dragoon again, mostly because that's an 89 hour game. But um, it also looks like butthole. Well, <laughs> now it does. Yeah. But at the same time, though, like I I've, I do take that on to my other experiences and I and I do yeah. go, well, like, can can you know, can another game ever right. touch me in the but same all- way in that special naughty place? <laughs> but only a handful of <laughs> games <laughs> lifetime are going to make are going to make that happen to you. It's the same thing that Toby right. Fox talked about with Deltarune. He's like, I really don't know that I can ever make another game that will make you feel the way that Undertale did. I just don't think I can do that. Right. But maybe well, I can make something that will make you feel different. But the key is, yeah. is that somebody's going to be nostalgic about it and somebody's going to get older and try to recreate yeah. it for a bunch of old motherfuckers who played Undertale when it first well, came out, and, and there's nothing wrong with well, that. Well, and, and even to, to that that statement by Toby Fox, even if he makes another game and it's just Undertale again, some people are going to pick that up before people, they picked up Undertale, be their first and context. that'll still be it for totally. them. Yeah. The whole point is getting old ain't necessarily got to be terrible, and the stuff that you like doesn't necessarily have to be terrible because it's right. old. And if you got a job that's you know pushing you to the brink, and you have kids that won't let you play games, well, I guess that's your first own of all, fault. those are terrible fucking kids. Yeah, yeah. By no, the way, first of all, you tell those kids. Sit your ass down. We're playing my game tonight. Yeah. And pro tip, give them a control and let them think they're playing. <laughs> nice. That's a good one. You want to talk a little esports? Yeah, yeah. let's uh, run down the weekend in esports. I got to tell you, if this esports look ahead looks sounds a lot like last week, it's because it's almost the same. We've oh, got wow. more NALCS. 
We yep. got more Overwatch League. We got more Call of Duty World League. We got more National PUBG League. <laughs> and IEM Katowice finishes up this week. And so, oh by the way... Uh, the Renegades, Renegades did get bounced. That's bounce. unfortunate. But we got top four for Ren- uh, for uh, CSGO happening. We got top 12 for uh, StarCraft 2 happening. By the way, StarCraft 2 on a Friday afternoon when Korea's at 4 a.m. and not watching... 35,000 people watching. That's wow. way to go, StarCraft 2. Really surprising. And year 12 of whatever you're on. Not bad. Anyway. You know, the one the one bad part about Frostbite, about being there, is that I have no concept of what those numbers, what those returns look like. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, of what mean, the actual no viewership idea. numbers. Yeah. I don't know. I have no clue. But, yeah, I mean, uh, C- uh, CSGO, 240,000 people watching on a Friday morning. <laughs> Holy shit. Well that done. doesn't make sense. It it's insane to me. That's Lots of esports going on this weekend, yeah. guys. It's so, be busy. Uh, yeah, enjoy watching. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for the Checkpoint XP podcast. Thanks so much for joining us for the Checkpoint XP podcast. CheckpointXP.com is where you can find out more information about the show, interviews from past episodes, and a whole lot more. That's all over at CheckpointXP.com. Stay up to date on all the latest by following us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And if you like the show, consider dropping by our Apple Podcast feed and giving us a rating and a review. Checkpoint XP is a production of Westwood One and Beasley Esports XP. Our theme is provided by the band Weird At Last. Big thanks to our production team of Rick Scott, Mike Thomas, and Buzz Knight. For the Checkpoint XP crew, Robbie Landis, Norris Howard, and Joe Sloan, my name's Bender. Keep listening. You've been listening to the Checkpoint XP podcast. Make sure you subscribe to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, tune into our weekly radio show. For more information and the latest on esports and gaming, go to CheckpointXP.com. BackstageCountry.com, your online home for all things country music. There are five country music superstars under 35 whose careers are skyrocketing. Several are major headliners selling out stadium shows all over the country. Text superstar to 45911 to see if Kelsey Ballerini made our list of young superstars at BackstageCountry.com. Text superstar to 45911 to get a link to the list sent right to your phone from BackstageCountry.com.